Welcome to the Fit to Talk podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us for a guest episode during which we discuss the realities of a career in the performing arts with some people that are fit to talk about them. Yeah, we do. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review or maybe just a cheeky little five stars if you fancy it. <laughs> and also, if you like our meaningful, helpful and accurate information, then you might consider being coached by us. Uh, it, fit to Perform is our program for performers specifically to take you to the next level. Absolutely. You can find out more information either on our Instagram or on our website, fit-2.co.uk. Fantastic. Moving on. Shall we hear a little bit about the guest for today? Pardon? Yeah, shall, shall I hit you with the greatest hits? Hit me with it. Okay, so our guest today trained at Arts Ed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he's about to appear in Greece for Royal Caribbean Casual. as the Teen Angel. Yeah. 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 So what a sexy part that is. That is. That little is. Teen Angel action. Uh, He's got credits from all over the world. He is a jet setter. He's been all over the world. He's been in Perth. He's been in Vancouver. And he's been in London. Um, previous credits include uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Boy from Oz, mm -hmm. Legally Blonde, Mary Poppins, and Pirates of Penzance. So, so a lot of a lot of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Said, never yeah. heard of that. Um, no. Yeah, and uh, he, just a whole bunch of shows. A whole bunch of shows. Yeah. And again, what a what a gem of a human being absolutely such a, a lovely lovely guy and uh, a fantastic performer i just watched him in his one-man show uh, there's nothing like a dame indeed and um, wasn't that about uh, broadway divas or divas it in was general? it was all about yeah broadway divas yeah came up with some fantastic facts that i didn't know about which was um yeah it was great and he sounded Mwah! and he's been part of your life for a long time he has he? he's, he's lived with me for a long time yeah <laughs> Indeed. So uh, he's a, a gem of a human and uh, it's a really lovely episode. So uh, without further ado, mm. please enjoy the wonderful Peter Cummins. It's fit to talk. Oh, you look fantastic. <laughs> Just a floating head. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to our floating head. <laughs> he's a floating head. We should explain that. <laughs> what the floating head? Yeah, in case people just start listening at that point. Nah, <laughs> we got a bit of mystery about in it. <laughs> we'll start with a mystery. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. It's cooled down a little bit in here. It was very As... hot about twenty minutes ago. Yes. I'm already on my uh, third t-shirt, so uh, yeah. yeah. If I'm warm, then Bobby's definitely yeah, sweating. You are, I'm on fire. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you two know each other rather well, we should say. We do. We do. How in come? Intimately. Oh, <laughs> uh, then I won't ask how come. Yeah, <laughs> I have lived on and off with Bobby for many, many years. Yeah, disrupting his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't have any more explanation. Or, or I'm just like the little lost <laughs> child that you know. There's always a room. Yeah, Bobby's room. Oh, Bobby and his wife room? are like my London mum and dad. Yeah, that's us. Oh, yeah, that's adorable. Our children are Bert and Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is better behaved than I am. So. He's very well behaved. Yeah, he doesn't poop on the rug like Pete. No. Oh, dear God. <laughs> That's what that is. I was trying to look that up. <laughs> wow, so how are you today? I'm doing well, thanks, yeah. Yes? It's, you know, unfortunately not a sunny day, but, you know, we move. Yeah, it's still, like, it's not sunny, but somehow it's still hotter than the sun in here. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. The most British conversation we can possibly have, mm -hmm. right, is the weather. So let, let's always, do it. That's how we always have to start. We've gone from extreme heat to preposterous rain in what felt like a single heartbeat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the space of, like, two and a half weeks. Yes. Yeah. Now, 
this is this might be a really really stupid question so forgive me if so okay do people speak about the weather in the same way in australia um no <laughs> but but obviously we don't really have seasons so much where i come from in perth because it's pretty nice weather all the time but if it gets cold um they really do like to complain about that and cold to them is say 19 degrees <laughs> so, so right now they'd be freezing yeah and they get they're getting out the hoodies they're you know getting the house slippers on they're getting the rugs and they're definitely complaining it's cold in inverted commas i have so many questions one what's an hoodie <clears throat> an hoodie it's like a hoodie but a blanket and it's like fleece lined so why, why is it not called a, a blanket does it have a hood yeah it yeah. has a hood Right. So you sit in it on the couch. It's like a blanket, but you wear it like a hoodie. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. And it's I'll called an hoodie. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. They're quite big in Australia. I'm just realizing I think I have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know that was what like, it's They're called. quite popular. <laughs> <laughs> My housemate bought me one as, a, as like a, a birthday present or something. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever get cold enough to wear it. I, the, the, the times that I've worn it, I've been like roasting. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say nice weather, mm -hmm. what does that look like in Perth? Um, very little rain, mm -hmm. uh, clear blue skies. It, in summer, it gets really hot, though. Uh, I do, say we're we talking think? 40 degrees. See, <sighs> yeah. I don't understand how people manage this. Okay, so this is what, since I've, <laughs> since I've recently returned to London, this is something that I struggled to grapple with because I could live in 40-degree heat. It didn't feel as hot as when it was 27 degrees here, and that is because we just don't have the infrastructure here to deal with heat. Yeah. You know, every house is air-conditioned, so as soon as you walk in your house, you don't feel heat. Yeah. Until you leave, you go from your house to your car, which is air conditioned, so you don't feel heat. Um, everyone has access to a pool. Everyone has access to the beach. So, you know, there's so many ways to kind of relieve yourself from feeling like the world is ending. <laughs> and we yeah, don't have There that. is simply no relief here. Yeah, no. I, I don't fancy a dip in the Thames when it gets really, really hot. No. no, 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 that's not I, for anyone. I don't think water should be that color. It, 100% it shouldn't be that color. <laughs> no. And yet it is somehow, somehow we have managed it in but this you, country. You say that to people who've never seen the Thames, right? But a few clients in America and they're like, oh, what, what, what color is it? And you're like, I don't know. The color of yeah. death. It's well, like, it, but genuinely, you're like, what color is it? You're like, brownie, greeny, gray, well, blue, gray. I live in the Docklands and there is a beach, again, I'm using air quotes, <laughs> beach. <laughs> And I was going for a run past my house and there were people that were having barbecues and sitting out on this beach. Uh -huh. And again, you don't want to go in that water. It's directly opposite the O2 where, <laughs> you know, I live by a recycling plant. So I highly doubt you want to swim in that water. So, yeah, you know, sad times when you... When you're hot and you need some sort of relief, you go to you go to the Thames <laughs> in the Isle of Dogs, the Thames Beach, and have a barbecue. I would not want to cook food close to the water. Not that water. Not that water. No. Although the the scene you're setting for Perth sounds pretty idyllic, other than the extreme heat, which I think I would. I mean, it is no. beautiful. Bobby's it's, been there. It's so. stunning. I've been there a couple of times, and it is stunning. And you're right. It's it's way more manageable the heat there. Like even I was fine. I was fine. Like, what? 
We're more on like the American model of things. So our lives are like in shopping malls. So mm. again, everything is air conditioned. So you're out of the heat. Everything's in a car. So it's air conditioned. Everyone's house is air conditioned. So yeah, you just don't really feel it as like much. An air conditioned bedroom might be the greatest thing that's ever existed. You get that on holiday though, right? Depends where you go. I ain't going to those bougie places where I've got air con. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like Lanzarote and just crack it open a window. So you get a like squeaky those... ceiling fan yeah. just slowly. <laughs> just sending just... dust around me every time it goes on. <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of holiday. <laughs> oh, God. Air con? Come on now. Aren't you going on holiday very soon? Get to Rye. <laughs> I'm not going to Rye. Where's that? <laughs> Hastings. Is that where you're going? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, for a week. A week in Hastings. Well, right. Camber Sands. It's lovely. Right. You, air conditioning? You, no. <laughs> no. No air conditioning, you dear God. You may not need it. I feel like I might. I reckon that heat wave that's currently sweeping Europe is going to hit us at some point. God, it's not good, is it's it? It's not good, dear God. The like, cover of the paper today is like, roads is on fire. Yeah, the, like, the videos of it are mad. It's terrifying. Yeah. Now, I know we're talking about Australia a lot rather than you. That's okay. But uh, so forgive me. Happy to be of assistance. But, uh, <laughs> the, the Australian tourist board over here. <laughs> like, yeah, can you just represent your entire country? But like when, when, you know, a lot of what we hear about Australia is like there's a massive fire sweeping the entire country. Mm. Does that in any way make you like, if you were, what, what, what age did you leave Australia? I left when I was 17. But I went back during the pandemic for two years. Okay, can you hear that in the background? <laughs> Somebody's laughing. <laughs> I've got like, it's like we've got observers in the room with like us. Like a ghost. But we haven't. But if you can hear that on the recording, you probably can't. But uh, then, in which case, we sound like <laughs> mental. No people. sense. <laughs> um, but there's this like strange Something's laughter. going on outside. Something is going on. <laughs> uh, we really need to soundproof this studio better. Uh, <laughs> not that it's ours. Yeah, like we have control over <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. What's that like when you you know, you hear there's this massive wildfire and it's coming your way. Is that like, oh, it'll be fine because it happens all the time? Or is it this crazy existential threat? Um, I mean, for me personally, I live in the in the, the inner city, so we're quite far away from bushland. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, in cases of living in Perth, you only need to drive 25 minutes and you're quite far outside of the city where mm. you start to get more... Um, you know, like heavy growth of bush and um, a bit more, what would I say, like agricultural kind of areas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's quite scary. It's also really sad because it's a lot of people's livelihoods and obviously we have a lot of um, native animals. So it's, you know, a lot of unfortunate death of, you know, kangaroos and koalas and Reptiles. Nothing about this is funny, but your delivery of it is quite funny. <laughs> so uh, I just want to specify that, that that's not funny, but you're managing it's to deliver it like a joke. It's not funny at all. I'm sorry that I delivered it funny. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it's terrifying for people that do live like in a more regional yeah. setting away from the city. Having never been. Perth is... Pretty remote, right? It is, yeah. Like, it's one of the most isolated cities in the world. Yeah, like giant city, like big city, mm -hmm. but then just like nothing around it. No, not really, no. I mean, that's kind Easy. of the majority of major cities in Australia. Right. We're heavily concentrated on the coastal mm. areas. And then, you know, you go 
an hour or two inland and it's essentially bush or desert or rainforest. Wow. So growing up there, how do you think that's affected you now? Um, I didn't think it affected me in a way, but I think after a while, when you live here for a long time and you don't maybe go on holiday or when you're not connected to nature in some way, I think it does affect you because growing up around so much open space and being able to be by water all the time, um, it does give you a sense of calm or in moments of kind of stress, it gives you a bit of stress relief. So I think when you're always in these like um, in cities like London where, mm. you know, it can be quite overwhelming, it's difficult to go and just walk on a beach yeah, just in an afternoon and then go home or to run by a large, you know, beautiful um, kind of mass of water, um, which, you know, unfortunately the Thames doesn't <laughs> quite have the same. What do you mean? There's so much relief from the Thames. The Thames barrier. What a beautiful sight. What is it? That, it's a doll's house, Ibsen. Isn't it? Which one is it? Is it that where she wants to be moved by the water? I can't remember. I think I it's, don't know. I, uh, That's a I'm... play. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, only know to the wrong I only know musicals. There's no singing in that, is there? Uh, any musicals that are about somebody who wants to live by water. A Doll's um, House, the musical, is not one I'd go and watch. Let me tell you that. Uh, fair. Okay, I don't know A Doll's House. So... Um, but yeah, it's like this connection to water, I think, is the, the principle. I might be thinking of a different play. But, uh, and she... The seagull? <laughs> oh my god, we're just listing plays. I can't remember which one it is. This is going to really annoy me. I'll have to clarify water babies. This at the end. Uh, water, oh, babies. water babies. There you go. The elephants for water. No, that, what was that? Elephants, elephants for water or something? I, I grew up by the sea, like you, and yeah. it took me about 10 years to realize that that was important to me. Mm -hmm. and, and now I'm like, oh God, this is awful. Yeah. I actually didn't realize it, it was important to me until the first time I went to see a therapist. And they kind of explained that you should make time to do that. Even in London, find a space. And there are spaces, mm. obviously, like yeah. even Regent's Park or, you know, Hyde Park. You can find a little spot. But she was like, it's really important that you actually do that to just kind of unwind and reset. So that's such great advice. I'm it's like, true. Like, and I've, like, I've noticed since, since Sam and I moved house, like now looking out my back window and seeing – trees mm. has made a world of difference to me like rather than looking at a, like a brick wall i can now look at these trees and that kind of just even just looking out my window that takes me kind of that relaxes me and takes me to a good place so i can see like demolished broken garages do you think that's good or mm. yeah 100 like, that's great okay okay that's yeah, really yeah. so i don't need the to demolished part that <laughs> yeah. really kind of like <laughs> so one of them's missing a door oh even better and i really like what's it? inside well i can see i can see what's inside <laughs> gross uh, <laughs> gross stuff i can say that's where i live uh it's fine that's <laughs> <laughs> um, not my garage but where did you grow up uh, on the coast in Wales, down near Cardiff. Okay, yeah, it's beautiful there. A tiny place called Penarth. Nice. Which um, I know somebody who used to own a bridal shop in Penarth. Do you? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, here's what, when I was growing up, people used to say that Penarth was a place that people went to die. Okay. Because it, the average age was, you know, 60 plus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, definitely retired people. You didn't have much sort of youth culture there at all. It's, I think quite different now, but that was very much the case. So growing up as a kid, I was actually like. Not much going on. Yeah, but there was this like lovely beach and pier. Yes, an actual pier. 
I love a pier. Yeah. Oh, it was glorious. Did it? What did it have on the pier? Was there like a little like uh, roller coaster? No, no. It's a, it's an uh, average age. <laughs> so there's like a standard stair lift on the <laughs> to get you down <laughs> it. Yeah. So it's, was there bingo? Go around the outside. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Uh, no, no. You'd have there was like a little coffee yeah. shop and some stands and then like people fishing. Did they have a little theatre? You know, like Chroma. How big is this pier? Have you been to Chroma Pier? Well, they've got a little theatre on it. No. It's so cool. Where are you? What's the Chroma. word you're saying? What's Chroma. Chroma? In Norfolk. Why would I have been to Chroma in Norfolk? Hey, hold on. I... <laughs> Bobby, Bobby's been everywhere. I have been everywhere. Chroma in Norfolk has got an amazing little theatre. Uh, the only reason I originally knew that is because I uh, was on the <laughs> standby list to get a job there for a summer season. <laughs> I didn't quite get the job. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was third choice. Uh, I didn't get it. So um, I didn't get to experience the uh, Chroma. Summer I, season. I love when people say, like, I didn't quite get it, or I was, I very nearly got the job. You're like, sucks, isn't it? Because I just missed same. out. You're just like, missed the out. outcome's the same as if you didn't get didn't past the first round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or didn't even go to the yeah, yeah. If you just didn't tell, <laughs> If you just didn't show up, if you went, screw you, I'm not going, outcome's the same. Yeah. I probably should have done that for the Chroma <laughs> Summer Season. <laughs> if you're working at Chroma Summer Season right now, uh, let us know and we'll come and watch you. Yeah. It's good. I've been past the theatre since and it's lovely. Bert's had a look at it from the outside. He loved it. Bert was a fan. <laughs> Bert being Bobby's dog, we should mention. Yes. yes. <laughs> we mentioned at the start that Bert is one of your kids shitting yes. on the carpet and we didn't specify. Yeah, yeah. He is a dog. Uh, he is a French boy. But if anyone's listening to this for the very first time, yes. <laughs> then that's he, who that is. He is a dog. <laughs> Ten minutes later. A French bulldog, a very cute one. <laughs> a very, very cute one. Yes, yeah, so you can find more Bert stuff on Bobby's yeah, Instagram. My, my Instagram is entirely Bert content. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Peter, how did you get from, how and why did you mm. get from Perth to here? That is a great question. I'm sorry, before you carry on. <laughs> yes. I was just thinking this. interruption, huge interruption. Liar, liar, the portion of the podcast, which is uh, the whole thing. <laughs> okay. The entirety of. Um, uh, could you, at some point during the podcast, please try and tell us a lie? Okay. Um, and at the end, we'll ask the listeners and we will also guess. Yeah. If this might be hard because Bobby knows a lot about me. Then it might so. be a chance for me to gain a point. No. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's pressure as well. <laughs> Bobby's not allowed to I don't to react guess. well under yeah. pressure. <laughs> okay. Um, at some point, if you would mind slipping that in. Okay. And we'll go from there. Sorry. So how did you get from Perth? Let's re-ask that question. How <laughs> yes. did you get from Perth to here and why? Well, um, obviously growing up in Perth, I wanted to be a performer, but anyone that knows anything about Perth will know that it is a very small city. So apart from going to Whopper, again, if you don't know what Whopper is, it's the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, not a burger from, um, <laughs> from Burger King. That's where Gemma Maddock went, our voice coach. And it's also yes. where Sam went. And is it? Also where Hugh Jackman went. Yeah. Oh. Yes. So in Australia, it's it's quite, it's very prestigious musical theatre. Um school but then they're known for not really taking people straight out of um high school you know not so much like the system here where you can kind of go straight into a a BA musical theater at 18. So having known that um I was thinking what am I going to do when I leave school and my mum and dad decided that they wanted to move here because I was the youngest of three so I said I'm coming with you. So I came with them and then things kind of you know, moved on from there. And after a few years of kind of finding my place here, I decided to go to Arts Ed and train there. And then I stayed ever since, since 2003. 
Wow. Yeah. Do you get homesick? Um, I don't really. Um, I probably go home once a year, but my mum and dad come here quite often. So I, I feel like I see, I see family. So I don't, I'm not, you know, craving that kind of stuff too much. And then when I do the Christmas thing or new year thing, and then it's great. That's a, that's a good amount of family time. Yeah. <laughs> the suitable amount of family time. <laughs> Depends on your family, but it does. Uh, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's my kind of family time. Yeah. <laughs> and me, and me. That's, that's plenty. Uh, both Bobby and I have discussed that at great length. Uh, where we can say whatever we like because our families don't listen to this. No, my mum doesn't even know what a podcast is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mum wouldn't either. So <laughs> my dad knows. <laughs> and he still doesn't listen. Yeah. He's Matt, made right. his choice. He has made his choice. Maddie is constantly trying to now pressure him into just listening to one episode just so he can say that he's done it. Yeah, so you just take that off. Just say, I've listened, Aww. I've supported. It's not working. No, he should listen to the Greg's episode. I feel like yeah. that would be, how he would enjoy that. What are you trying to say about my dad? Don't know. <laughs> that was the most teenage conversation. Yeah. What are you trying to say about my dad? Your, your dad loves yeah. Greg. Yeah, your mum. Your, your, your dad loves Greg. That's the stuff that in high school, people would throw around like an insult. And you'd be like, so? And then they'd say it so much that you'd begin to care that it was, uh, your dad loves Greg's. And then like four weeks later, it'd be like, Shut up! <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't get those insults. I got far, far worse. Oh, you also but... got worse ones. <laughs> I was a, a gay dancing boy in Perth, Western Australia, so I got worse than your dad likes baked goods. <laughs> was it that your, your dad likes Nando's? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Treachery. What? Uh, so, yeah, then, then hit us with that. What was that like? So you're growing up in a place which is surrounded by rural areas and, and perhaps not the most um, advanced culturally. Perhaps. Mm, yeah. Uh, what was it like growing up with that and, and facing that? Yeah, dreadful, actually. I had a lot, a lot of resentment towards Perth until I was forced to move back during the pandemic. Um, and then it took me about two years to kind of grow to love it again and accept it for, you know, it has, it's changed a lot. It's definitely changed a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, a, it wasn't really my choice to go back and um yeah when you're faced when you're faced with moving somewhere that you didn't really have any fond memories of apart from my family um yeah that was quite quite difficult yeah um, I bet. that sounds horrible so i think a lot of people in our industry have have experienced some some level of this in, yeah. in some way especially some of the men mm -hmm. you know for for either who they are as a person or what they choose to do at that time. How did that come about for you? What what shape did that take? Are you comfortable talking about this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You mean when I was living there? Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, obviously growing up gay at that time, because it was, you know, mid nineties, um, moving on to kind of, well, I left in 2002 um, there was kind of no real acceptance of that. And there was, obviously we weren't in that time where you could come out as a teenager. So there was always just that underlying um, feeling of like having to keep a secret, having to hold that secret in. Then obviously, you know, you had people that were bullying you constantly. Well, I had it from my first memories of school. So six years old till I left at 17. Um, yeah, I think like, especially for me in, um, secondary school, I went to a private Catholic school and there, 
just wasn't the support even from teachers. I had obviously my arts teachers that could tell what was going on and obviously knew that I had such a love for art. So during, you know, lunch, um, the music teacher would let me hang out in the music room, even though obviously you're not supposed to do that. And if there were times I didn't want to do sport, which was actually a lot, the sports teacher hated me, (laughs) thought I had a major attitude problem, but it was just, I wanted to avoid the changing rooms. I wanted to avoid having to be on a team with people that bullied me relentlessly. Um, So there was a lot of, you know, forced, forced notes and, getting in trouble for for that and for ditching classes that I didn't want to go to. Um, so I wasn't really a model student for those kind of teachers. But then obviously the arts-based subjects like drama, dance, music, where I was kind of felt comfortable um, being myself were the classes that I excelled in and where I felt I could kind of just like breathe for a little bit and then I would soon as I would leave walking down the hallway from one class to the other would then be having to keep your guard up again so I didn't like high school but I loved going to my extracurricular classes outside of school and that's where all of my friends that I still speak to now are from so I went to a dancing school um, and they're all still my friends that I you know see when I go back home but I don't really have any relationships with people from high school because I think it was just better when I left and came to London to just like close that door and just leave it leave it where it was so was that then where you sort of um for want of a better phrase sort of found your tribe in these clubs afterwards yeah absolutely um and I think I was well I was in my class there was there was one other um male dancer but I was the only male and I didn't feel comfortable around men at all specifically because I found that they were the ones that were usually persecuting me and bullying me so I did connect with um with females and you know these girl dancers at at dance school a lot a lot easier than I did anyone else so yeah that was kind of where I made my little my friendship group so that doesn't sound too different then so when you when you eventually crossed the globe, mm-hmm. and then hopped your way into arts ed. Did yes. that feel, did that have the same feeling of suddenly sort of joining a tribe of people you could identify what with, or was it um, an entirely different culture again with sort of competition and, and horror? No, it was then everyone was kind of, it was like, oh, I'm in a, I'm in a, a school where everyone is like me. Obviously varying levels. I also went at 21. So there was three years of time between myself and you know the majority of the people in my year so that took a tiny a few weeks to kind of just get um people's energies and you know (laughs) they're a little bit different to mine I guess I was a little bit jaded when I started because I'd already been here for three years um but yeah I it was great to be around uh male performers as well that I didn't feel threatened by and could have a laugh with and, mm. and socialize with. And I would say that was probably the first time I started to have genuine male friendships as well. So, And how do you think that, because that obviously was a while ago now, mm-hmm. um, what's your sort of, obviously you've said you've lived with Bobby for a long time. Yeah. And obviously you two have been good friends for a, a long time. Yeah. Or at least, you know, you managed to put up with each other, which everyone, <laughs> <laughs> no. whatever the truth is. Bobby put up with me. <laughs> but uh, 
how do you sort of compute that now? What's your experience with um, friendships or, or relationships with men now? Do you still hold some of that resentment from when you were younger or how, how do you go about it? No, I think it's definitely, definitely changed now. But I think it's taken a long, a long time to just feel comfortable in myself. Also, when you move to London, you meet so many different kinds of people. And what I loved about it initially is, which could be perceived as a negative, but everyone was just in their own lane, doing their own thing, living their own life. They were not concerned with what other people were doing. So you could wear whatever you wanted. You could act however you wanted. You could have your hair however you wanted. And there wasn't this fear of kind of like walking through Soho and having a slur being yelled at you. I mean, I think I can probably, you know, count on three fingers how many times I've felt that living here over a 20-year period. But I could say that that's probably happened three times in the two years that I was back in Perth recently. Mm, Okay. So, um, yeah, I loved that kind of anonymity as well of just being like, I can just do whatever I want. I can go to a club or... I can, you know, go to a bar in Soho and there's just no kind of having to put up any walls or put a mask on, just be yourself. I have such um, admiration for people who've had to go through what you're speaking about. I have only I try and empathise every time somebody goes through or try and relate. And it was on my 18th birthday we went out and it was fancy dress and I dressed up. I don't know if this is going to make anything to you make this connection do you remember Robbie Williams did that rock DJ yeah yeah and he had that, like, tribute to Kiss and yeah. Like, yeah and he had that like cut out chest bit mm-hmm. anyway I made that outfit for myself and obviously yeah. it's like lycra the actual thing well I just made it out of like eight pairs of tights and a top <laughs> that I'd cut out and, and wow then, like, out and, of tights but well they were they were black tights they were you got like thick ones so they weren't, oh, yeah, they yeah. weren't see-through it was the hottest thing I've ever worn because they were all like nylon. So I was wearing like eight pairs. It was so hot. Anyway, uh, and then I'd glitter glued all of this thing. I had the full face thing. And the uh, and I was in Cardiff as well, which is at the time was pretty, pretty backwards. Mm-hmm. And um, we hired out a pub, the pub we used to go to all the time for the event. And then afterwards went into Cardiff. And for one evening, I got so much abuse mm. and it was all... Uh, people were made an assumption that I was gay because of it. And like, I nearly ended up in about four, we were like four fights yeah. like, because, because of what I wore. Mm-hmm. And that one that I was like, wow, other people have to experience this all the time. And obviously now we're a lot more aware of that, but that for me at 18 was like, wow, that's okay. This is what some of my friends are actually experiencing mm. every single day just because of who they are. Yeah, And I, I can I just say that I have insane admiration for you for having to, having to endure that. Yeah. I and I will say like, this is, this is a buzzword, but I mean, it's the only kind of appropriate word for it. There's a lot of trauma that develops over those years that takes so long to get rid of. I'm 38 now. And I think I'm just kind of like on the other side of it where you're like, okay, I'm happy with who I am as a person. I'm not concerned with what's happened in the past. I can let go of all of that mm. stuff, but it has taken a lot of work. Yeah. And a lot of um, kind of self-reflection over a 20-year period. How sad that something that was, especially high school, just five years of your life yeah. has yeah. caused that much kind of internal destruction to one person. Um, I posted this video like two weeks ago 
of myself when I was in year six dancing to Wind Beneath My Wings. I was like giving it a full, <laughs> oh God, you know, lyrical. Phenomenal. It was incredible. But it was really interesting. The girl that sent it to me went to primary school with me. I have no relationship with her. She just found me on Facebook and sent me this video. And her recollection of me was, oh, like, I loved that you were so confident and I loved that you didn't care. And, you know, and I was like, wow, this could not be more opposite than my actual experience. I really did care. I wasn't that confident, but I didn't see dancing as a confident act. I just was doing it because I loved it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we kind of had a, a little a conversation back and forth and it was just really interesting that she was kind of oblivious to the fact that for me that period of time was hell. Um, so I don't know if I was really good at covering it or if I guess just because like with you and wearing the outfit, you've not experienced it yeah. until you're really in that moment where, you know, you are on the other end of it. You kind of don't really understand mm. what's going on. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Now you've done, you know, one of the things that you've done more than once, Priscilla, mm -hmm. the show yeah, obviously yeah. deals with this topic quite uh, quite brutally at some points in that, that show, like literally yeah. viscerally. How did you manage to go through that process professionally and not have it affect you personally? See, or did you? I think that's where a lot of my growth started. I turned 30 and I got that job. And um, predominantly a lot of the cast are male. We, pro we only had probably six females in the cast. And I think, again, that's where it was healthy male relationships, healthy relationships with gay men as well, like on mass a lot every single day. Um, then seeing how well the show is received, you know, we were selling out venues all around the country. We even went to Tel Aviv with the show, which is not a city that you would think would be um, welcoming of a show like Priscilla, but they were absolutely obsessed with it. Um, and I think that whole year was allowed, allowed me to have a lot of healing actually, you know, so uh, that's because really... you see, you see these women that you would not think would be so invested in this story. You know, you go to Glasgow or you're mm. in Manchester or whatever, and it's 10 middle-aged or, you know, 60 year old women that are dressed up and they're just living their best life. And maybe the story doesn't affect them as much as it does affect you, but it's still the fact that they are there, they've paid a ticket and they're supporting a story that is about a trans woman, a gay man that's had a baby, a super effeminate camp um, drag queen and all of the other characters that kind of come within that world. Um, yeah. It's act. And I can speak for other people in the show. It makes you feel really good about yourself. You do feel, Oh yeah, I am you know, accepted for whoever I am. So I love it. Cause it, I guess it's just thousands and thousands of people validating those characters in a way that we don't have access to. And, and as humans, we're designed to focus on the negative experiences, right? Cause usually they're the things that we would learn from to keep us alive. Mm -hmm. So your brain focuses on the negative. It's a little hangover from evolution. So you only need one bully from secondary school and that's the person you remember. Yeah. And you might not remember the, the 10 people who were like, Oh, it'll be okay. You might remember mm. the one best friend you had who was with you, like really trying to counter that. Yeah. But then your perception is people 
people didn't like me or whatever it might be. And actually uh, that validation that you can get then from a huge swathe of people supporting that hopefully counteracts some of the, uh, yeah, some of the horror. It was interesting though, because I did the show, um, on the UK tour. Then I did it in Auckland in New Zealand. And then I did it on a cruise ship, which was an American audience. We were ported out of Texas and that was where, and, and this is not anything to say it's specifically against Americans or American attitudes, but I guess they're not as com- they're not as comfortable or um, they're not as familiar with the Priscilla brand and the story as mm-hmm. I would say UK audiences and Australian audiences are. But there would always be a same moment in the show where you would see people leave because they had just clocked on as to right. what this what was, was all about. Yeah. It would usually be about go west and we'd be sitting in the bus and everyone would be doing that and then you would see they would slowly start to go and it's kind of like, oh, okay, no, we're still in a world where this does affect people yeah. in a negative way or people are not necessarily so accepting of what this story is or what necessarily the kind of themes it's it's um, touching. So that was... Well, interesting. You know, you have give people the free choice. If you don't want to consume it, fine. But you have paid for your ticket, so you've still supported it. <laughs> like it's the same. With also, the, in a ship, yeah. they have nowhere else to go. We're yeah. in the middle of the water. You might as well just sit there and watch. Yeah. What else are you doing? Yeah, um, I uh, I really love that. With um, a lot of shows that might people might not like things like Book of Mormon is one right. It gets to House of mm-hmm. Diga Ebowai, and then the first time they say they're really, really. Uh, I won't say it because it's, it's pretty offensive. And um, <laughs> at line, I just remember. I watched it with the first year it opened and I, I was like, oh, let's wait and see. And you just, uh, I had a couple of friends in it and they were literally like every show, you just hear like, of just like 10 chairs just popping up. I'm assuming now mm. people know what the show is a little more, but when it, when it first opened at that point in the show, people always left. Yeah. So I'm like, not that it's the same reason, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but comedy gold, if you're on stage, you're like, oh, great. You don't appreciate this. Like, <laughs> yeah, we didn't See want you, you anyway. Yeah, go have fun. Yeah. Thanks for your money. Yeah, because you got surely you can't go up to the ticket office and go, "Can I have a refund? I don't agree with the topic of the show." Like, well, you didn't research it, did you? Yeah. No, no I you guess cannot not. have your money. Yeah, You're like get out. No, <laughs> get on the street. Yeah, as cast members, we were never um, privy to any information that um, guests on the cruise complained about the kind of topic of the musical or anything, because obviously Norwegian spent an incredible amount of money mm. to get the show on the ship. So I don't know if that was a common occurrence that they would receive letters or feedback that was negative, but we were never, it was never discussed or kind of good given to us. So no, we just went you. ahead and did yeah. our thing. But yeah, there was, you, def- you can definitely see it from the stage. I mean, you're all performers. You can see when people are not kind of vibing what you're, what you're I've doing. I've seen that many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm very familiar with that face, with that look. I don't know any other look from the stage. Like, what is this? Yeah, that's the normal look that people have when you're on a stage, right? Yeah. Especially if I'm singing. Oh, oh. <laughs> Anytime I'm singing, dear God. Uh, we make a good advert for the industry. <laughs> Between us. <laughs> Just high quality. At least you can dance. Mm, loosely. At least. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pete's just shaking his head. You're both, you're both stupid. Uh, fact, factual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Not we try. We try. Yeah. Uh, since then, obviously, you've done a whole bunch of other, other shows. But we will have done an introduction to you so the audience knows what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you take care of yourself now? You've mentioned uh, having a therapist as well, so that's mm-hmm. uh, perhaps how you take care of yourself mentally. But what else do you do to take care of yourself to make sure that you're a, you're a healthy, sane, happy human being? That's great. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think it varies. I think it depends on where, where you're at in life. Sometimes, you know, financially you're in good places, so you you don't feel you need to take care of your mental health as much. Or sometimes, you know, you're overwhelmed with the amount of things that you've taken on, um, or committed yourself to. For me, um, I have to be around friends. So I value my friendships and um, being social and seeing people. Um, Also just kind of talking about my problems. Uh, It doesn't necessarily need to be with a therapist, but just sharing them with a good friend or, you know, like um, Bobby's wife, Sam, is a really good friend of mine. So I feel like even just having a coffee and sharing experiences, whether they're similar or not, you leave going, Oh, okay, I feel a lot better now. You know, I've I've discussed it with someone that gets me or understands why I feel overwhelmed or why I feel frustrated. Um, so yeah, friendship and definitely discussing issues is a big thing for me. Um, also, I guess just rest is a big one. Um, when when you're younger, you think you can kind of do it all and you can do it all on four hours sleep or less or you know with a hangover or whatever I definitely know my boundaries now with those things and so I'd make sure to avoid them because I just know that it's not going to set me up for any sort of success whether it be performing or just you know working a, a regular job and having to maintain energy throughout the day so you know in back in the day I probably would have been like, oh, no, I'll still go out. It's all right that I'm working tomorrow. I definitely don't do that. I don't even think it's an age thing for me. I think it's just actually realizing what is, um, you know, going to be best for kind of my energy levels and mental health. Uh, I love that. You know, like after show, you do absolutely think you're like, I could go out and I'll be fine tomorrow. And you never are. No. I definitely haven't pulled out in a long time. No, <laughs> also, I do. Like... I do have a hard and fast rule which I don't break, and that is I don't perform hungover. Oh no! I just mm. I've made that mistake in the past, and it it just never. It's like actual living hell. You know, what I, I really dislike <laughs> is when people say I'm not hungover. I'm just tired. And you're like, no, you're we, dehydrated. You had, yeah, you had seven <laughs> pints, so you're hungover. Like the reason you the, feel tired is because yeah. of the alcohol you They're heart and parcel. Yeah, like, no, like, the same thing. Like you're going, a hangover isn't just like wanting to vomit and an excruciating he- headache. Like that's the outcome of the mm. alcohol you drank. And it's, I find it really irritating because it's like people are embarrassed to say they're hungover. And you're like, no, no, if you had three pints, you'd probably be a bit hungover. Mm. Like unless your tolerance is really, really high. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll still like go out and have yeah. two yeah. or three glasses of wine. Yeah. But I just know now that I'm like, if I have some sort of a performance, absolutely. And it's not even a worrying about vocally or yeah. anything. It's just, I cannot perform feeling gross and lethargic. And cause I think it's a hard enough job 
as it is in terms of energy levels and when that's kind of when you're grappling with a hangover too, it's not worth it. Yeah, the amount it makes of extra it so, energy. It makes yeah. it so hard. It's <laughs> And it's like borrowed energy. Yeah. You know that you're dredging it from nowhere. It's like making a deal with a demon. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're literally there like, okay, I don't have any reserves here. So if I, if you can just magic them up for me, I'll pay you back later. And it's like, with what? And you're like, whatever you want. It's like giving <laughs> Ursula your voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, in order to give a show, you're like, just have it. Just yeah. have it. I'll just get to it. it. Right. And then it gets to like the next morning. You're like, I want to die mm, just yeah. for a bit. Just, just for a moment. Just for Yeah, if I could just for a moment. Mm. And that's, yeah, it's not the one. Not for me. And do you know what? Kudos to people that can do it. I've worked with, especially um, on ships, I've worked with some people that just, it just doesn't affect them in any world. Well, they, don't, they don't show it um, vocally or energy wise. And I think, do you know what? Well done, but yeah, I can't do it. Oh my goodness. I have a, a in fact, a, a really good friend of mine who has been on the podcast, but I won't say who it is um, for the purposes of the content of the story, can go out until 5 or 6 a.m. and then rock up to a matinee mm-hmm. and their voice is like gold and across the whole register, seeing anything and everything and their acting will be phenomenal yeah every single time it doesn't matter if they haven't drank or have drank like whatever's happening it's like it's totally unrelated to their body as a performer and it's they're the exception to the rule yeah. for me i'm literally good like, on them but no oh <laughs> <Not it's, okay. laughs> yeah they're an exception for a reason yes yeah, so like, i've come across those people and yeah. i just think they're like magical unicorns yes yeah in that they're not real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be real but maybe they are. i said this the other day about a unicorn to somebody and, and i said um it was just a rhino and they were like, what? <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, a unicorn was, a, it was, they described, they went to Africa and saw what they described as an animal that looked a bit like a white horse, mm. a white leathery horse with a, with a horn on its head. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and somebody drew it, unicorn. Honestly, <laughs> that's where it comes from. <laughs> So a unicorn, all of these things now where the unicorn is so popular. Is this something you just think happened or something Google that it. has actually happened? Google it. Is okay. This a, okay. I'm intrigued. Google I'm going to Google it. That is the, the origin story of unicorns. Yeah. It's not like when you like read, like read like the original tales of King Arthur that it's like there's this mythical unicorn in there. It's a rhino. But now I feel like unicorns are quite like sleigh. So where did like where, where did where did they get yassified? You know, like I think I think the because co- of rainbow bra- correlation, a, a yeah. big fat brown rhino to like what we've got now as a unicorn is. I mean, essentially, rhinos are like the bears of kind of unicorns. It's like a sexy bear, yeah, it's like yeah, a sexy that. bear version of a unicorn. I think as soon as like, they got attached uh, to a rainbow, like just <laughs> just this thick boy, th- thick, oh my god, thick boy rhino, sexy thick boy rhino. Uh. Uh, uh. Yeah. yeah, just covered in glitter. And I mean, now they slap some glitter on a rhino. Now I feel like you could play a rhino. <laughs> I feel I mean, like I, you just described yourself. I, yeah, I could. T- I could take on the role of sexy thick boy rhino. Isn't there a, yeah. There's a Spider-Man villain called Rhino. There is. Was he in the musical? I didn't see it. Mm, I don't think he was in the musical. No, that was Green Goblin. Green Goblin was in the musical. Sadly, no rhino. Right. If they do a sequel, I'm on board. 
Yeah. Spider-Man 2. But I want it, I want every time I come on the music to be like and I'm just like, I'm a rhino. It's just you grinding. I'm a sexy rhino. Uh, on an entire uh, moving on from the sexy rhino. Uh, <laughs> Why? We'll come back. To that. <laughs> how, how dare you move on from sexy rhinos? Have you ever been to Bobby's class? I have only been to one mm. class of Bobby's. Yes. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. Which one did you go to? I went to when you were teaching at another space, maybe? No. No, well, sweat it, wasn't it? Sweat it. Sweat it. Sweat it. Love that yeah. one. So the classic. Do you um go to classes or go to the gym and keep fit or run or do anything? Or do you go, I'm chill, my fitness is fantastic? Mm, I have one of those relationships where it's kind of all or nothing. So I'll go through phases where I'm doing it all. I'll love berries. You know, I'll go for runs along the river, um, all of that kind of stuff. And then I'll just go through phases where it's like I haven't done any physical activity for a month. And that's kind of pretty usual for my life, I would say. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. It's pretty normal for my life. If I ran along the Thames, I'd stop as well. (laughs) (laughs) I do prefer a class environment over anything because I feel like there's that little bit of the competitive side of me that will see the others and feel like I have to, I don't want to look weak. So I'll kind of like push myself. Whereas I wouldn't do that if I was going to the gym by myself, I'd probably leave early. (laughs) (laughs) Or not go. I'm so competitive with myself. You are a monster. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's why I don't do any kind of competitive sport. Like if we play tennis, I'm like, must must be seen as a game, must be seen as a game. Because I, ca- I cannot allow myself to do something that's competitive yep. because I will do anything to win. So I don't I don't do those. What things. about board games? Uh I can choose to see it as a game. I have I have to go, what is the purpose of this activity? And if the purpose is connection with friends and mm-hmm. fun, then I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then, I, then I'm like, just make sure that you know it's meant to be fun. Yeah, yeah like I have to go and write it out first. Oh, this one is this is a fun one. Yeah, yeah but, but generally that's what I have Get to have the rules. Out. Or does someone have to tell head. you? No, no, no. This is me. meant to be fun. This is meant to be Stefan, Stop it. No, but like because I used to do like a bunch of sports and, and competitive things, and even uh, in that, if like I was saying this the other day, I used to do judo quite high level. At the end of every judo, they would uh, um, class. They would have a little bout of sumo wrestling. Mm-hmm. Where they'd put all the belts down and you'd sumo wrestle. That was a laugh. It was not a laugh. <laughs> I was like, I had to win. <laughs> I have to win. It was terrible, which is why now I'm like, nope. So I just don't put, I don't really ever put myself in that situation. Yeah. See, in Perth, there is this very um, large community of gay sports teams. So there'll be gay rugby, gay soccer, gay football. You name it, it's a sport, there's a gay team for it, which I think is amazing. But the whole time I just thought, why can't there be like the Gay Musical Theatre Appreciation Society where we all go and watch a musical and have a cocktail? That one, that's I, the that kind 100% of sport. That 100% exists. That's Wait, can the I kind, join that? Not in Perth, it doesn't. I was like, but that's like, the Musical Theatre Appreciation Society. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of sport I want to do. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, but yeah. can call that sport. That competitiveness <laughs> against myself, that's what drives me in the gym. I get there and I'm like, but last time I did this. Because so I have none of that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Uh, shall we? Uh, yeah. Is there anything uh, about fitness, health, wellness, anything at all that you would like to see get in the bin? 
get in the bin. Um, yes. All of it. To be fair. Health and wellness in the bin. I mean, I guess the, the one thing is just uh, more just feeling an acceptance of everybody's body type. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's been this growing trend in um, kind of the musical theatre industry as well of like these body transformations and, you know, like I can't say certain words without it maybe associating it with specific brands, but um, <laughs> being, you know, like performance ready and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but performance ready looks one way and it yeah. looks one way for everybody. Um, I think we've done so much in terms of inclusion in the industry, but what is always left out is um, kind of inclusion of different body types. So... And I say that as someone that would advocate for, say, maybe um, a cisgendered female that is of a larger body size playing Alphaba. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we not seeing that? Um, why are we not seeing, you know, a Sophie or a Donna that is of an atypical body type? Um, if you even look at, say, the ensemble of Mamma Mia!, now compared to 15 years ago, they look absolutely incredible, but they look like ripped Adonises. And are we going for, you know, just regular people that are on a Greek island or are we going for a very specific toned, you know, muscular physique? So I just, I don't know. I feel like I've always had an issue in the industry of like associating self-worth with looking a particular way, you would go to an audition and you're like, okay, all these men that have muscular bodies are put up on a pedestal or um, perceived as being better than because they look that way. Um, and I just think that needs to get in the bin. I could not agree more. Yeah. The, the whole idea of performance ready, like performance ready means you are able to do eight performances a week. You're able to do your job. That is being performance ready, doing it to the highest level, not being ripped, being this like idea of performance ready. It's a bit of kind of like bikini being like bikini ready. It's the Mm. same kind of thing. Like, yeah, I think, I think to, to jump in, like, I, I don't think the problem is with the phrase performance ready because that makes perfect sense. It's when you parade one type of thing, which mm. is usually incredibly low body fat. Mm-hmm. Realistically, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as being that, as being performance ready. You're like, no, function is the determining yeah. factor, right? Can your body perform the function required of it? Yes. And if if yes is the answer then it is ready for that yeah. performance. Can it do it eight times a week over and over again? And that can be, happen at any shape, as mm-hmm. you're saying. Like you can, I, I know people that are 22 stone who are incredibly fit and able to perform at the highest level. And so that the body fat isn't relevant and yet you're, you're totally right. So it keeps coming up. Or, okay, or they are of whatever weight, but we're talking about being able to perform the job that you are engaged to do. Yeah. So that that's a sliding scale yeah. each each show requires you to um to bring something different to the table physically you know what you're going to do in lame is is going to be different to what you're going to do in newsies correct and those are very <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's very different performance ready yeah that yeah. looks very different for everyone um 
And I just think a lot of these things that aren't discussed, obviously I'm talking in terms of social media is genetics mm-hmm. um, in terms of how we see particular people's bodies and then um, maintenance of this performance ready body that is, you know, <laughs> the product that we all we were speaking about this just before this podcast. <laughs> I just think, okay, wow, that's incredible. Well done. Like, let's applaud you on um, reaching that milestone. Then how do we keep that and have a normal life? How yeah. do you go out with your friends? How do you, you know, and anyone that has maybe struggled with body image or um, trying to kind of fit into that mold will understand that, a, it's really difficult mentally to maintain that kind of focus for a long time. And then you have to deal with the kind of mental byproduct of when that starts to slip Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and what you put yourself through also to get back there. To, to be really clear, what people do when they take these photo shoots is this insane sort of two, you know, they'll have had months of nutrition work to get with this end goal, a photo shoot usually, mm-hmm. And then the end, they'll have three days of dehydration and very, very little food, literal starvation to get them to the point where they look that way for that one photo shoot. So it's impossible to maintain. That's what's misleading about it. And also the likelihood, if you're doing that whilst you're at a show, the likelihood is you are not performance ready. Yeah, because you can't do the show. You, you, You might be this idea of what performance ready should be, but actually you are unable to complete the show to the best of your abilities because yeah. you are sacrificing things just to look a, certain way. look a certain way. So I think that kind of the way you frame performance ready is very important. Yeah, it has yeah. to be something, exactly what we said. You have to be able to function for the requirements of the show at the at your peak within that, at whatever that looks like for you, for your body in that place. Uh, love that. It's in the bin. Straight in the bin. Bye. My God. Uh, Get in. I'm going to jump to... Now, without telling us or giving it away with your face, the liar, liar portion, because um, you've got the same thought as me, Bobby, looking at this, uh, in that we've got to, uh, we'll ask the people at home to have a little think about what Pete <laughs> said so far. And if you've, got a, if you've got a guess about what you think the lie is, then uh, tell it now. If not, we're going to guess, uh, and we're not allowed to guess that he hasn't lied, <laughs> which I believe is the truth. <laughs> Uh, That's where I'm at. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I might not have a guess. I'm going to throw a dart into the wind. Um, There are not loads of gay sports teams in Perth. Okay. That's going to be my like wild throw. Love that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I might as well throw a dart in there just to say, no, I don't have one. That's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, hit us. Did you manage to successfully lie? I didn't lie. Oh. Sorry. <sighs> well, at least you're not Good. taking a further lead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been so engrossed in our conversation that I've actually forgotten <laughs> to like, tell a lie. That's, that's the lie. challenge. Or maybe was that the lie? <laughs> that was a lie. I want to go back. I want to go back. <laughs> it's inception. It's a lie within a lie. <laughs> it's time for another game. Okay, go. Okay, we're going to play a game of this or that. So there's going to be one minute on the clock. It's going to be a quick fire lightning round. Stefan's going to give you two options. You've got to pick one. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Eggs or bacon? Bacon. White bread or brown bread? Brown bread. The US office or friends? Friends. Cardio resistance training? Cardio. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Singing or acting? Singing. Tick or Bernadette? Ooh, Bernadette. Yoga or Pilates? 
Pilates. Family Guy or Love Island? Family Guy. Domino's Pizza or Papa John's? Domino's. Sport or dance? Dance. Alcohol or chocolate? Alcohol. Matching socks or mismatching socks? Matching. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Vancouver or Perth? Ooh, Vancouver. Game of Thrones or Glee? Glee. Book or Kindle? Book. Clean shaven or beard? Beard. Personal chef or personal stylist? Stylist. Guitar or piano? Piano. Sexy body or sexy mind? Both. Shower or bath? <laughs> oh, shower. Ethel Merman or Bernadette Peters? <gasps> Bernadette Peters. Dogs or babies? Uh, dogs. Snakes or badgers? Badgers. Theme park or water park? Uh, theme park. Running or walking? Running. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bobby or Stefan? <laughs> Stefan. Oh, oh, oh. I will not let you forget that. <laughs> that that room that was always there for you is closed. <laughs> How many did I get? Uh, well, that was did, a lot of questions. You did it in fifty-five seconds. Wow. So was that pretty is, good. How many questions did you ask? How many questions? Oh, that's that's a good question. I'll tell you right now. There are thirty questions. Oh wow, that's decent. Good. Decent times. Thirty questions. Yes, uh, a Perth of Vancouver. Ethel Merman or Bernadette Peters. Oh, Bernadette, Bernadette. Yeah, yeah. We're a, we're a Bernadette household, aren't it we? It is Bobby? pure Bernadette in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you still say our house. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Pete, for coming to join us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's Thanks for having glorious. me. And you're off soon to uh, yeah, off on a ship. I am. I'm off to go do Greece. So if people, on Harmony of the Seas. If anyone's joining Harmony of the Seas, yes, on a cruise. Then go and check out Greece. Come say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Teen it. Fantastic. (laughs) And thank you at home or wherever you might be for listening. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed this episode, click those like and subscribe buttons and follow us on Instagram at fit2 underscore talk. As always, if you've got any questions you want answered, slip slide into my DMs. I will be there doing my rhino impression. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I don't want any more information about that. Uh, Thanks again for listening. And if you like what you've heard, we've been Fit to Talk with our wonderful guest, Pete Cummins, and me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out! (laughs)